Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Well, thank you so much for joining in, guys. Episode 195 today. Now, clean living. I believe if we're clean in the body, we're clear in the mind and... Um, you know, it's also got a lot to do with our environment and our ecosystem uh, that, that we're living in. And if we can actually give ourselves what nature intended, uh, then I think we can actually like reach our full potential as humans and as men. And, uh, you know, it's something that we've just become, become so distracted from over the last, you know, few decades in particular. Um, but I think now is a great time to be able to take our power back. So today I'm talking to a really uh, inspirational young fellow by the name of AJ Olson about uh, that, about what we can do to be able to optimise our physical and mental health through uh, our ecosystem in which we live, uh, our diet, um, our, our movement patterns, um, our connection with others and uh, doing things that actually make our hearts open rather than sort of you know, keep our minds closed and stuck and uh, we become sort of judgmental of ourselves and opinionated of ourselves and so forth. So, um, you know, this is a great way and a great uh, opportunity to be able to sort of learn some optimum ways to, to live uh, more functionally in this lifetime. So please listen with intent, um, grab a pen, uh, jot a few things down. I think you'll find some things pretty enlightening and insightful throughout the conversation. A lot of it may not sink in, but if you listen to it once and listen to it a couple of times, it may. And I really encourage you to re- maybe reach out to AJ for some, uh, from, uh, for some information and some guidance about what he can do to probably help you also help you uh, create a, a really good sustainable environment in which you live. So it's really important to have a good uh, a good ecosystem. An ecosystem is an environment in which you're you know spending most of your time. And if that's nice and it's uh, something somewhere you feel comfortable, uh, I think you know you've got the potential to be able to be your best, and that's really what it's all about. So I hope you enjoyed this chat. Please, uh, if you like the podcast, if you could please make a donation to the Outback Mind Foundation, I'd be really grateful. Uh, every little bit helps. It helps us get out uh, awareness for, around uh, men's mental health throughout regional Australia. We've got some billboards hopefully going up in Victoria and uh, and also Queensland soon. Uh, we just need to raise the money to help do that. So if you could help out, I'd really appreciate it. That's just uh, outbackmind.org.au. Uh, also, if you're looking for some coaching, I uh, really recommend Michael Stutz, who's got an organisation called The Real Shift. So if you've got something you want to try and change in your life, I uh, really encourage you to check out the work that Mick does. I think it's a, a nine-week deep dive uh, program starting in October. So it takes you on a journey over nine weeks to be able to you know, make those changes and move towards your goals and dreams and really... That's what we're here for in this lifetime. So um, jump on their website. It's realshift.com. If you go to realshift.com forward slash deep dive, you'll see the program. If you mention the Outback Mind podcast, you'll get a 10% discount. It's pretty cheap, so it's a good investment in yourself. Alrighty, appreciate your uh, feedback uh, from this conversation with AJ and I. Please share it with others. If you'd like to reach out to me, uh, it is support at outbackmind.com.au. G'day, AJ. Hey mate, how are you? Yeah, very well, very well. What's uh, news down there where you are on the sunny coast at the moment? 
Uh, it's a beautiful day, that's for sure. It's yeah. um, yeah, blue blue skies. It's it's all happening down here. It's yeah, it's um, good little spot to be. Well, we've had enough bad weather, like really, and uh, you know, just for people listening down south. I know what it's like down there, so, um, you know, hang in there. It's going to get better soon, but I know up here we've had our fair share of rain and, and stuff, so uh, it's good to have some nice stuff at, uh, at the same time, mate. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just, this wet weather's been a nightmare. I'm, I'm over it. Well, what it does is it teaches us to be uh, flexible with our mental health too, to understand that we have, um, like, you know, sort of dull periods, we also have the lightness too. So to be able to sort of move through the dull periods to know that the lightness is going to come, I think is really important too. Yeah, well, that that's it. That's that adaptability, you know. That's it. Um, that's that, like, that, that's a big lesson that's just even happened for me today is, you know, I've just had my, my starter motor in my truck, you know, like just go on me and, and it's just that adaptability to external stress, you know. Mm. And not get, and not get caught up in it, uh, you know, when something goes wrong, okay, what's it trying to teach me maybe rather than sort of getting too uh, too negative about it? Yeah, 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 that's, a, that's <laughs> it. It's like what's what's the deeper lesson behind this, you know, there's always a deeper message. And I remember um, when I was a bit younger, um, this sort of stuff happening for the first time and, you know, freaking out. And then as you go, go through through the lessons and you go through the challenges that it gets a bit, more, it gets easier every time and then it, you just learn it's it sort of just reflects off your skin mm. um That's and it. you know it, it is definitely something that just things just then sort of bounce off you know that's it that's that's what i i use the bounce off uh, methodology like you know when, when negativity comes if you've got a strong um strong you know i suppose what they call pranic body or your auric body around you you know that'll that'll sort yeah. of you know hold you in good stead when negativity sort of comes in mm. you know and uh, lots of uh, ancient wisdoms talk about that uh you know being able to sort of build your armor so you can be more resilient i guess at the end of the day yeah yeah 100 100 mate no, um, I, sorry go ahead oh uh, yeah i was just going to say yeah that's that's something that i heavily um practice you know pretty often is just like that yeah, building up um, in well, what in Chinese medicine we talk a little bit about like the Wei Qi. That's it. And um, that protective Qi, and just sort of like in terms of external stress that happens, and even external pathogens like you know cold or you know dryness or something like that. You know, it's just building up that external armor. You know, mm, isn't it amazing, mate? Like how most of us in Australia would probably see Chinese medicine as as weird, but. Primarily, it actually gets back to the truth. You know, we've been sort of geared totally against uh, living with the energy of the earth and, and, and the flow of nature and the flow of our body, you know. Um, we've sort of outsourced that a lot, haven't we? You know, I guess what these traditions actually teach us is how to reconnect and re, um, I suppose, re-health ourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So they have uh, they have some really good wisdom there. You know, this country's only 250 years old since white man's been here. I think the indigenous guys had it pretty right before we arrived too, you know. So this oh, is yeah. a yeah, great yeah. conversation for us to have today because it can actually help people open up to, uh, to new ways of looking at things and, and, you know, taking autonomy around their physical and mental health as well, mate. So can you tell me a bit about your own journey with uh, regards to where you were brought up what life was like for you as a young fella and sort of how you sort of moved through, you know, I suppose life to where you are now and try and sort of work towards your passion that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll try and keep it, you know, 
a little bit. I'll go into it, but I'll try and keep it up, the short version. <laughs> yeah, good, good, thanks. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I was born up in, um, so, Harvey Bay, so, Butcher, Butcher Country. Yep. Um, so beautiful spots where the whales go, uh, stop in for a bit of a break every every year. So some, most people know it, and then they keep heading he- heading north. Um, so yeah, born up there. Um, sort of was raised and always hanging around um, a lot of like First Nations Indigenous um, kids mm-hmm. as well. We had a very strong like Indigenous um, like program in the school I was going to, which was really good. So that that was always ingrained in me which i didn't realize until much later on that has affected my life all the way through mm, um but yeah so brought up there and sort of you know rough um rough sort of upbringing with you know um with mom and dad and all that sort of stuff so you know the childhood uh trauma that a lot of us seem to sort of go through um you know especially in that those younger years um, and then as a young sort of teenager, sort of dealing with um, a whole heap of different um, things with mental health and, mm. you know, I've, I've, you know, had the whole suicide, depression stuff as well myself. And I think, you know, using, I was able to sort of turn that around, I think, at such a young age and, and just sort of use that as fuel for myself and my journey. Um, and then currently living here in the Sunshine Coast. So I moved here. Uh, about three and a half years ago, so in 2019, and um, ever since I got here, you know, it's just been this um, amazing transformation that's happened in terms of just how, like, quickly it could turn my life around. So, obviously, since moving here, coming from, like, a, a bay um, where there's no surf, I picked up surfing pretty quickly, and um, that that sort of shifted uh, so much for me, you know, and always being drawn to the ocean, so... I was always in the, in the ocean surfing as soon as I was here and uh, did the whole sort of young teenager thing for a bit when I moved here, you know, drugs and alcohol. And I always had a feeling it wasn't for me, but, um, you know, just it was interesting that to watch that, you know, partying on the weekends, you know, and just living the sort of mundane, you know, sort of life. And it got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I have to, have to shift out of the old paradigm. Um, and I had... I'd already been looking into um, different spiritual practices and yoga and um, it sort of had been um, ingrained in my life just since a young age as well. So, But it sort of it didn't really come in until I was about 20 um, and uh, that sort of really shifted everything, you know, when I started going getting to like yoga um, when, when I was younger and um, that led me into uh, Zentai Shiatsu, which is a bodywork practice, mm. um, and, and going through that to become a Zentai Shiatsu therapist. Um, and so I graduated that last year, um, so 2021 in December. Um, and I've had, had a practice, a, a bodywork practice for quite a while there and um, been treating clients and working as a therapist. And sort of that was like my first official uh, business and now sort of stepping more into the entrepreneurial leadership journey, um, you know, as a network marketer selling um, water ionizers and working a lot with farmers um, directly using uh, electrolyzed reduced water. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all led me basically to this point and it's, I can, I can go right into it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been, a big a big journey that 
I feel that there's a lot of insight um, and a lot of like learning just even like, I'm 22 now um, but yeah definitely a lot of lessons along the way for mm-hmm. all, all of that and good on you for catching it out now mate because a lot of guys you know don't ever do so but uh, this podcast is about helping guys catch it out you know like whether you're 50 yeah. or 60 or 40 or 30 it doesn't matter it's never too late to actually do what you've done so no, no, no. what was some of the stuff that happened to you as a young fellow which really triggered you and uh, and kept you suppressed yeah well i think you know my my early years um my early years you know i was like well my dad my dad sort of left you know before i could even remember mm. Um, so I remember growing up with mum and she would always have, um, you know, some really intense sort of uh, men in the house. Mm. Um, you know, they were right into the drugs and the alcohol and, you know, very aggressive and very abusive. Mm. So, you know, being being around that, you know, you can just imagine that's a lot of us have been and um, even being witness to sort of that sort of um, violence and abuse. Mm. Um, and when you sort of, Growing up around that, you, you build up a, like a, a thick skin, you know, mm. and, um, you know, you really become sort of a bit numb to it. And um, for me, I remember always being taken from my extended family, so my uncles and aunties and my grandparents and, and spending a lot of time with them. So it wasn't even my mum that really raised me as much, but it was more my uncles and aunties and the, the my great-grandparents and grandparents, you know. Mm. So they, their knowledge and information and um, the way that they lived their lives was just very different. You know, they were sort of the, the normal people and the normal role models that I had. And that, that sort of has what has worn off for me the most. And I just knew what they were doing um, compared to what my mum was doing was, was sort of the direction I needed to follow rather than that sort of victim, um, that victim sort of, role that my mum was in for a lot of her life you know yeah absolutely mate look looking back at it uh it's quite common you know uh those sorts of upbringings i guess you know many of us have experienced that sort of stuff and um uh i guess you know like think about your mum and think about the people she was mixing with there was suppressed trauma in their lives which they were unable to deal with or not brave enough to deal with, you know. So you've got to really, I believe, see that with compassion. It's hard to because yeah. you can get angry with it uh, about it, you know, quite easily too. But, you know, yeah. your, your mum was attracting guys that were sort of similar like. And, you know, is your mum still alive now, mate? Do you still have a relationship with her or...? Yeah, yeah. She, she lives here on the Sunshine Coast and um, I, I, when I get to see her, I'll, you know, we'll get to hang out a little bit and... The relationship is definitely healed compared to what it was. Mm. Um, especially, you know, like I, I moved out of home at 14, so I was sort of like just before I was 15. So I, I remember like being very independent from a sort of a young age. So that, that really shifted a lot for me. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so it definitely opened your eyes to the world, you know. Like that for me was uh, my early sort of like eye-opener you know the sort of universe um slapping me in the face going this this isn't your direction you know you need to follow another direction yeah oh absolutely mate and it kept slapping me in the face for a long time you know as a young fellow there's all this 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 higher knowing underneath everything uh yeah. which is your real truth you know coming through but we we seem to like feel um you know afraid to connect with that i think a lot of us you know and uh, not being able to explore it i reckon school primarily actually does 
uh, knock it down. Uh, it might have changed more now, but a lot of us, um, you know, weren't able to live in our purpose and truth. Or no, I never asked us, you know, what what do we love? What do we really want to do? You know, it's sort of about uh, doing something just to bring money in, and uh, you end up miserable. And uh, uh, you know, it's not a great way to live life. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because you can. It's it's so easy. I remember even at high school. Um, you know, watching other kids get sucked into that sort of vortex of the drugs and Harvey Bay is in, Harvey Bay is definitely not um, an easy place to grow up. You can definitely get trapped in that world really quickly. Yeah. I remember watching a lot of young teenagers, um, you know, accidentally having kids and, you know, at like 16 and 17 and, you know, getting into the ice and the hard drugs, you know, at such a young age. And it's, it's everywhere there, unfortunately, you know. I oh, know, mate. When I was a young fella, there was a bit of uh, drinking and a bit of marijuana around, but uh, there's so much more distraction for people these days, you know. So, you know, what we're, what we're doing here with this conversation is actually trying to give people some solutions and tools so they can get back to their truth, you know. Um, yeah. You know, be able to live a, a more, more you know, a holistic life which can actually like, help them thrive. And I think that's available to all of us, mate. So, so oh, with, yeah. with, with, with regards to school, did you struggle through school and that sort of stuff? And um, did you actually like really, um, I suppose, um, uh, lean towards some subjects which maybe have sort of created, uh, you know, the person that you are now? Yeah, well, I mean, we, I remember in high school, um, you know, it was definitely – Definitely a struggle. I didn't really have a heap of friends going up, going, going through school because I was also working quite a bit um, because I was living out of home. Yeah. Um, so I was already working pretty much full time while I was in school. But some of the subjects that, you know, the system isn't for everyone. And, and I can definitely encourage if there's any like young people that are like tuning into, into this, you know, definitely encourage like don't don't believe the system is for everyone it's it's not it, mm. you can definitely do a lot without the schooling system mm. um but you know the the um, more hands-on uh subjects for me um were you know like the engineering and the furnishing and um outdoor recreation and stuff just because i'm such a hands-on person mm. um so those subjects really got me active and they kept me in a good headspace and as soon as i know i was in the classroom having to do like English or math or something, I was like, yeah, this is not what I want to be doing, you know? Um, And I sort of just would switch off and then sort of romanticise what my life would look like outside of school, you know? Mm, mm, Absolutely. And, um, yeah, then I would sort of go to to work and um, have a bit of a, like, a working life. So I had that young adult sort of, um, because I was supporting myself, I had that sort of young adult... um, brain already sort of happening at sort of like 16 and 17 Mm. um and you know having to pay bills and rent and i didn't have a car but um you know and i was sort of talking to people already double my age and having those sort of um those conversations and i think nowadays everyone is sort of a bit sort of like the phone can suck so many people in you know Mm. it's everywhere it's sort of like glued to so many people and i remember I remember not really having my phone so much, but I was always just talking to people, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, those conversations, I remember a lot of them were so potent and that, like, learning through others um, definitely made a massive impact um, with what I was uh, definitely doing at that age, you know. For sure, mate. Um, you know, some of the things that sort of were coming to me then was uh, – you you have got a, a strong sense of will within you and uh, you have the ability to be able to, you know, 
you, you, that, that's used the term root chakra, which is a yoga term. That, that's very, very set in you. You know, you have the ability to be able to, 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 to look after yourself, um, you know, first and foremost through your, you know, your conditions and so forth that you've been through. But um, that, that's really sort of helped you, um, you know, stay grounded within yourself and given you the ability to be able to open up to, to new ways of learning and, and self-development. So, so when you, you come to the sunny coast at, say, uh, 19, what were you doing sort of between, say, the end of school and that period? Um, so basically, yeah, so between school and, and moving to the coast, is, is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, was a, that was probably the most interesting period of my life, I think. Um, but just before I moved to the Sunshine Coast, I remember there was this really interesting stage, sort of between 17 and 19, um, because, you know, girls come into the mix and um, you, can be, you can be really influenced. And I, I left in year 11, so I was already out of school. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was working two jobs. I was working like 70 hours a week between the two jobs, so full-time barristering and then working weekends and night shifts at uh, Woolworths. Jeez. And um, just, to, you know, just to sort of pay the bills, and because I was um, heavily researching, I was I was vegan at the time. I I, turned, I was a vegetarian first, and I went vegan at uh, fifteen. Mm. And I remember I was, so I was heavily researching lots of things. Um, you know, did a bit of the activism stuff, and you know, I was I was doing a bit of martial arts with the um, from a young age, and that continued all the way on until I left Harvey Bay, but. Um, you know, I remember that period was interesting because I was so I was heavily researching things, and I think at that time I'd read the Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, which was just a huge catalyst for me. Um, and I had accepted death around that same time I read that book, mm-hmm. and um, that's when I think I had uh, like you know one of one of my first uh, attempts on my life as well, but just because of um, uh, you know a whole experience with this girl and you know, basically just falling into the, the darkness, you know, the hole and, and just having to, I remember like after that happened, just pulling myself out of that and going, you know, I need to, I'm, I'm, I'm still alive for a very specific reason because I have a purpose to play on this planet mm. and um, something I learned much later, but I would, what I was sort of tapping into at that time was that feeling of destiny. Yes. Um, and the the Taoist sort of philosophy talked about this quite a bit, but um, yeah, it was it was definitely that sort of destiny that I was sort of tapping into and sensing there was something bigger out there for me. So I remember sort of yeah um, before moving to the Sunshine Coast, sort of got, I got fired from the health food shop I was working in, and I was working in this vegan cafe, chefing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'd quit Woolworths as well and um, sort of like transitioning out and um, meeting some really amazing people in Harvey Bay there and had a really amazing group of friends for the first time in a long time. And um, I remember um, that that support network, it was the sort of the first time I had sensed um, what I call like a you know, community or a village. Mm. And um, that feeling of family without being blood was that that first experience for me was um so healing in terms of um having people around you that just like cared for you and loved for you loved you without being blood yes 
And um, that that healed so much trauma, I think, in, in myself and allowed me to feel strong enough and um, ready to, you know, once I got my first car and everything, um, to then basically spread my wings and, and leave the nest, essentially, you know. Mm, amazing, mate. So, yeah. so with regards to those moments where you did sort of consider taking your life, what were the what was the stuff that was coming up for you? There was more than one, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I feel I feel like you know the the experience with this girl that I had. Um, you know, she was a bit older. Um, you know, I hadn't we hadn't slept together or anything like that, and you know, I sort of. It's just one of those things when you, you're, you're young and you're, you're influenced by the world, you think, you know, love um, is just this huge um, sort of wave that hits you and that's how it sort of happened for me and I, I sort of just fell head over heels for this this um, this young girl and um, got so caught up in that and I lost myself in that and um, I sort of didn't know. I didn't know what was happening because it was the first time it had happened. And um, I sort of just fell completely. I lost myself completely and lost touch of where my priorities were. And I stopped worrying about anything I was doing and stopped supporting myself. And then as soon as things started to get a bit hard, um, you know, a couple months in and um, she started pulling away, it was like almost like I was losing myself at the same time because of that. Yeah. So I remember starting to get a little bit, you know, depressed and, um, almost, you know, you become reliant almost. And when there's trauma involved because of, you know, um, parental, so like my mom and um, all of that sort of stuff that comes into those situations, it's it's um, definitely something that when I look back on it now, it was like this this trauma pattern that was repeating itself within a relationship because I was in love with somebody. Yep. And... I remember I didn't at the time I didn't know, but I remember like going into that and then that trauma pattern coming out. It just, just sort of that darkness of that consumed me, and I remember sitting in that and then just not even wanting to be physically on the planet because it made you made me so ill and so just not wanting to do anything with my life mm. due to the fact that there was someone that I loved so much, but then they were like basically leaving. Yeah, uh, and I remember coming out of that situation and going like this, that experience has shifted so much for me because that sort of was the catalyst um, moment of going, no, that's not what it's about. Um, love isn't, love isn't that, um, doesn't like it doesn't need to be that intense or that crazy. And I now see that as like uh, basically this um, little, generational sort of trauma pattern that I was experiencing as well just because of what I had uh, been around uh, and been exposed to and then that was something I needed to go through to actually learn from that and then be able to share with others the lesson within that um, and for me I had to use uh, after that it was a very long time I remember to actually unpack that whole situation, that whole story that was going on inside my head and then come back to myself mm. and feel strong enough in myself as a young man um, to even have the confidence to even talk to uh, people and hang out with people because I was so 
just not in in my own vessel and in my own body. Yeah, absolutely, mate. What I'm hearing there is that strong sense of abandonment come back. You know? Yeah. So you, you experienced that as a young man and you, you, you battled through that as a young fella because you needed that love from your, your, your mum and your family. But uh, when you sort of you open up your heart to someone else and, and they, they shut it off, that can be really, really suffocating. And yeah. uh, things come down and it's really heavy, you know. And uh, I've experienced that myself, you know. Like, uh, I understand it. And um, uh, it's something that us guys need to support each other more with, you know, to actually yeah. appreciate what it actually is and, and why it happens and realise mm-hmm. that, you know, you will move through this and you'll come out a, a stronger person. I, I really believe that. But, you know, it's interesting with uh, relationships how we sort of, we try and find something that's missing in ourselves in someone else too. And, um, you know, yeah, look, it's it's an interesting one. I, I really believe, you know, a relationship should be pure and, and effortless. You should just, you know, it should just happen automatically, you know. And um, uh, mm-hmm. when you've got doubts and so forth coming in, uh, it's, it's your higher self really pulling you away from from that, you know, and, and the truth of it all. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, mate. Like, you know, we, we weave our way through life and we try and, um, you know, uh, secure a, a partner and have a, a beautiful life that sometimes it doesn't go our way. And when it doesn't go our way, we, we get depressed and we start to doubt ourselves and we start to you know, consider, well, it's not worth it, I'm, I'm useless, you know, I'm better off not here. And, uh, you know, the world's a better place now for you to be able to move through that, I reckon, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That when, as you were saying that, it, it had a realization, and that I've thought about in the past quite a bit, um, about the fact that as a man as well, the masculine energy, we we do get that that abandonment um, of not that abandonment feeling that I feel like we all can get, um, and we can sometimes sense even in as even in whatever stage of life um, that you're in. I definitely feel like um, like that is something that. You know, for me, I remember this feeling of that abandonment feeling coming through and then not actually being able to do anything about it was sort of almost the worst thing because we we want to step in as the masculine. We want to step in and um, be there to, like, basically, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's basically come in and um, support the tribe and support the village because that's almost like our ancestral role. Yep. And I've been looking into this quite a lot recently. It's like, you know, we would, traditionally and ancestrally, we would go out for days on end and there'd be a lot of fasting involved, a lot of like um, ritual and a lot of pra- practices involved to make us stronger. And it was almost that vision quest yes. that um, some of us also go on alone or with someone and we go into the forest for a few days and then we come back a stronger man, a stronger person with that sense of knowing of who we are and our essence and our primal being. Mm, mm. Um, and that was something that just sort of came through strong, strongly for me. That That's something I've been sort of tapping into quite a bit recently. And, um, yeah, it's definitely um, I'm feeling the calling to, to do a bit more vision questing, you know. Um I've had quite a few older friends who have done quite a bit of that and, you know, gone for weeks on end and just sort of lived off the land. And to me, that is, as a young person as well, that is something that's very, um, it's a very inspiring sort of thing to be able to go do. You know, you go out to the forest, you go out to the bush um, and tune into the 
the land and tune into the ancestors and just receive that sort of divine guidance through what is actually coming through um, the, the the universe, the cosmos. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's it's interesting. Like I, I've never read any of that sort of stuff, but I know uh, having resets for me is really important. It's something I've been able to engage in for the last couple of years. But but um, uh, you know, getting away and getting back to yourself again, all that all that stuff, that heaviness actually clears. You know. When you yeah. when you're in an environment, an ecosystem where you can be, uh, uh, you know, away from distractions, it can really just help you, um, you know, uh, get clear above your shoulders primarily because you know it's all trying to work for you. Uh, everything's here trying to support you, but we're actually getting in our way of that. And um, you know, you know, you, you look at your ecosystem in which you live. It's also really important. Um, I've I've come you know, recently from a from a, a town environment out to on, onto some land and just having nature around me is just the best teacher because there's there's things that are working with the energy of the earth that we don't actually do as humans you know and when we get knocked away from that energy then we start to get depressed and anxious and those sorts of things and it's always there we're just got to you know try and reconnect with it I think it's you know really really important for for people to understand yeah yeah and um, you know the Indigenous Australians, you know, they talk about this a lot. You know, I've had many conversations now with a few elders around the Sunshine Coast and um, just listening to their stories and the way that they talk about the land and the ancestors, you know, they, they sort of talk a little bit about, you might have heard of it, but, you know, even just every plant, every tree, you could, you know, that could be a family member for them. Yes, yes. And, and settling into that and for all of us to realise, like, what's around us, you know, we're, we're tapped in constantly and, you know the the song the song lines and their stories that they they sort of talk of um, have always stuck with me and always is something I think about and um, you know I remember hearing the story um, or and like of someone asking the question to a, an elder um, you know what what the big difference is between white fellas and uh, indigenous people and um, this elder said. White, white, white fellows look at the, the shiny things at the, in the night skies of the stars mm. and uh, the, the indigenous people sort of look in the space between the stars. So mm. it's, it's that sort of emptiness, that wide dristy, um, so that wide per peripheral vision that the indigenous Australians have. Mm. Um, they're sort of not looking at focusing so pinpointed, so um, sharply on one thing. They're looking at everything as a whole. Yep. Absolutely, mate. And, and mind you, we'll get pretty deep here pretty quickly, but uh, white man's done what they can to block that as much as possible, you know? Bring it yeah. in, bringing in sugar and bringing in alcohol and all that sort of stuff, which just um, takes uh, takes people away from, from that. And, you know, I, I really admire the Indigenous Australians that have been able to sort of stay aligned with their truth and their purpose. And unfortunately, a lot of, uh, a lot of um, you know, original Australians... Um, uh, have been distracted from that, you know. I think we've got a job to be able to help them come back and we're going to work together, you know, with these mm. cultures to be able to get back to the truth because, let's face it, the colonial model um, that we're all sort of, you know, governed in is not really giving us what we need to do to thrive in this lifetime. You know, it's, no. it's not giving us the education to be able to be true to ourselves and connected to the earth. It's it's educating us to support the economy and then keeping mm. us stuck in that um, in that uh, consumer mindset, which is really suffocating too. You know, and then we sort of we we connect our self worth to 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 our material life, and um, 
it's not a not a great way to be, mate. You know, and uh, you know we unfortunately come in and out of it. But at the end of life, we're going to come back to that truth. So my job is to be able to help more people become connected to that now, rather than waiting till later and then finding out what it's all about. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love as you're saying that. You know, I can hear all the birds in the background at your place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I left the door open for a reason. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's the best. That's the best music, you know. Mm. And they're they're all talking. I remember a while back, I an elder that I've spoken to here, um, Uncle Terry. He he um, has been on a, a, a friend's podcast, and um, and uh, they were up at uh, Glasshouse Mountains here um, on the Sunshine Coast and recording a podcast out on the land. And um, every time that a bird would sing, he would sort of stop for a moment and just listen. Mm. And that, just that alone, is that presence of just listening. It's called. Uh, it's but, called. Uh, so, sorry, you know, but it's called the deity in um, in indigenous culture. So it's that deep listening, you know, which uh, which white man is not connected to because we're too um, stuck um, thinking most of the time. You know, we're not actually like present with what's going on around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yes, yeah, so, something that. I haven't really spoken about it yet, but that's uh, something that my teacher, Gwyn Williams, talked about mm. um, in the Zen Paishiatsu practice is that deep, deeper listening. You're tuning into a story or a song or um, what we call the, that inner dance that's happening between you and the person that you're, we don't call treating, but, um, you know, you're assisting with or guiding um, their body back to like a, a harmony or a natural state. Yes, that's right. That's available to all of us, mate. It really is. You know, we're just gotta, gotta, gotta slowly learn to relearn that again. You know, it's um, yeah. it's tricky because yeah, the the environments, you know, the ecosystem which is manufactured is getting us away from that truth. You know, just to reconnect to that truth, I think is really really important, mate. Um, with regards to your purpose and passion now. Like you've mm. really sort of turned full full corner from working at Woolies and, and that sort of stuff, you know, yeah. um, into like living into a, a lifestyle of, you know, promoting good, clean living and, uh, yep. you know, optimising our bodies and uh, and that with the right products which can, which can actually help our bodies work better, which help our mental health, uh, helps yeah. our mental health work better. Can you tell us a bit about that too? Yeah, 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 for sure. So I definitely, this is definitely, um, this is definitely something I could talk about for a very long time, <laughs> um, because there's so many avenues, and and as I've shared as well, is you know I've been down the rabbit hole of um, you know veganism and raw veganism and fruitarian and a lot of those sort of things, and then um, been into the, some of the deeper spiritual practices and um, you know explored different um meditation practices you know vipassana and um you know sort of got into that for a while there and there's there's a lot of different aspects and different avenues that you could talk to as well and um uh, so bhakti yoga and sort of a lot of those sort of things you know listening to a lot of ramdas and um alan watts and um some of these sort of uh philosophers of the past um you know, and, and they were a massive influence in my life. And I think now moving forward and it's always shifting and that's something that I feel like 
has always been a constant is the, the change within everything. So within the different stages of my life, like the change has always been the constant thing mm-hmm. in the terms of the way I live, the way I practice, um, you know, spiritual practices like breath work and meditation or even just the simple practice of um, consuming um, clean food and water as well. And, um, you know, maybe taking the perspective of a, an Ayurvedic or a Chinese medicine approach, um, they all have different um, places and different times. And I feel like there's so much information out there, we can get very confused very quickly. Um, so, and that, that is where I think now, you know, I, right now in my life, um, just with coming where, from where I came from, especially in those younger years, stepping into this, um, more of like this entrepreneurial journey um, and stepping into the sort of that leadership role um, as well as I sort of like get older and gain more experience as well and share that knowledge and share that information, especially now with um, one of my main passions is talking about, you know, clean living water mm. and um, the importance of clean drinking water is something that, has been an, an issue on the planet for a very, very long time. Um, and it's something that I could definitely talk about for, for a lot, for hours. But um, it's it, it's definitely, I feel, a prevalent issue, especially with how many people are consuming tap water in Australia um, and not knowing what's in, in that water, even um, rainwater or bore water as well. You know, we, we have to be, sort of be aware of what's actually in that and even do testing or just do a bit of research and just make sure, you, you know, the water that you are consuming is um, optimised to actually hydrate your bodies on a cellular level. Um, and then in terms of food as well, it's the same thing. You know, we want to be sure we, we're getting food from, you know, our farmer down the road or, um, you know, a local farmer's market or something like that and, and ensuring that it isn't sprayed with, um, you know, harsh chemicals or pesticides as well. Mm. Um, and and that, that is something that is a massive part of my life as well. I spent two years in, um, you know, doing regenerative farming setups, so um, involving syntropics, which is a type of farming, and also permaculture and a, a few other practices. Um, and, and yeah, so that that is something that those two sort of things are like the I, – I, I base everything off clean water and clean food, and then everything else comes sort of after that. Um, and then just sort of diving into that, that, that is really what – change everything in terms of my health um is is you know really just making sure you're not having those the seed oils that are in nearly everything these days mm. that's being processed um all those you know the soy proteins or the processed fake meats and stuff mm. like that if you are vegan and consuming them mm. um and and sort of making sure that your water your drinking water is clean as well mm. yeah mate amazing and you know, I'm a bit older than you, but I've seen so much change uh, in my lifetime from from the pure ways of living into this acceptance of whatever it is we're getting. You know, uh, the water the water in, in our towns has been treated heavily. Um, you know, that's going onto our bodies, into our bodies, those sorts of things. That's creating disease physically and mentally. Um, mm. You know, that actually um, uh, isn't considered a lot of the time. We sort of look outside ourselves. 
uh, for answers when we can actually like stop and think, well, what's in my ecosystem that's making me unwell? You know, yeah. What is it that's knocking me out of balance here? And, you know, those sorts of things which are essential for human life, um, if they're not correct, then uh, they can um, they can really disrupt you. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's something which I, I obviously took for granted because I was used to having that clean water uh, as a young fellow and, and coming through, but it's... Um, it's been, you know, really, really uh, front of mind with me when I've been in a city and I just noticed the, the water and what it can actually do to my, my natural rhythm. Uh, yeah. And, and sort of, you know, trying to get myself back to that natural rhythm is, um, is, is, is important, you know. But to be able to also live in, 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 in the lifestyle that we're in and, um, you know, give your body a chance what it, uh, what, what it can actually do to, to look after itself and give it the right, um, the right uh, nourishment, I think, is, is really important, mate. So... With regards to the water, where did that journey sort of start for you and where is it for you now? Yeah, well, <clears throat> that's, that's the thing. It, it, can, and it can definitely change, like you were just saying then, I just wanted to mention, like it can definitely change the way that you feel and think and just operate as a, as a being on this planet mm. so quickly. Mm. Um, and, and for me, I remember a few years ago um, just sort of doing a bit of research into um just you know tap water mains water um in australia and just finding out what's actually in the water here and um and and it changes from town to town because every treatment plant is different mm. um but it's still the same it's a pretty common practice um across the board yeah. um in terms of how they actually treat the water to make it clean before it gets to your house mm. and um the thing is, is like when I did that sort of, when I sort of dived into it, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to straight up. I was like, because of the chlorine that you're consuming through that water, because there's chlorine and I've, I've done tap water testing all over the place and there's chlorine in every tap water source I've tested. Yeah. Unless you have a, a filter that filters it out. Mm. And, you know, the fact that people are consuming chlorine just through the drinking water, not even to talk about what's actually absorbing through their skin, you know, that's acting as a, um, basically like an antibiotic, essentially. Yeah. Um, and it's like in terms of gut microbiome, if you, if you look at the, the, what's, how it's linked to the gut and, you know, if you believe in the, the gut that, you know, the gut brain connection, um, having, uh, low, um, basically probiotics in the body, um, and gut enzymes and things like that, you know, that's linked to a whole array of different, um, mental health, uh, issues and diseases that can slowly happen over time if you can, if you're constantly consuming something like chlorine mm. through the water. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, so, sorry to interrupt, but it's not often, uh, discussed when you go to a GP for help, is it? You know, they don't sort of consider that and they don't, uh, they don't look at um, you know what might be knocking you out of rhythm. Um, I guess you know for for um, you know uh, outside influence which can come from pills or, or whatever you know. So I, I just really yeah. encourage listeners. You know medication is important sometimes, but also actually like look at what's in your environment which could be knocking you out of whack and, and you know look at yeah. ways you can you can self heal. Go ahead, mate. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, GPs and doctors, even though they go to medical school and they learn all these amazing things in terms of modern-day um, medicine and pharmaceuticals and and everything like that, the, the system the system that they're teaching here in Australia is, is actually, if, if like something I read this morning, for example, if, if um, your doctor is not talking about 
um, a few key things in terms of like sunlight, food, nutrition, water, um, and, you know, natural approaches to do things. They're just a drug dealer. And that was something that hit me pretty like, – I've read this sort of somewhere before in the past, but it's like yeah. it's almost true. You know, they're just there to sort of sign a prescription and get you out the door. Yes. Um, because they only have 15 minutes or, or five minutes with you and it's like, here's your prescription, um, here's another prescription for this thing that's going to – um, you know, treat the side effect from that thing. And it's the pharmaceutical industry is so big now. And, um, you know, in terms of what they're learning at the me in medical school as well, and, um, like a few of my friends have, who have gone through that and then come out of it um, and come out the other side, you know, what they're saying is that they're just teaching you pretty much a documented, a documented sort of approach mm. um, that's teaching one sort of um, way of looking at something and then not even um, going into, you know, your basics of um, like living water or, you know, proper adequate nutrition and, and, and things like that. And, and it, it just sort of blows me a mind, uh, it blows my mind because, um, you know, now that even medicinal cannabis, for example, is starting to be prescribed by doctors, what was interesting for me to find out um, this is a different topic, but what was interesting for me to find out, for a doctor to prescribe medicinal cannabis, they've actually got to go do their own research and do their and actually get um, a separate sort of approval to prescribe that. Mm. Um, and they're not they don't teach any of the the medicinal cannabis um, research in medical school, mm. you know. And I was just sort of like, it, it it's not surprising, but it, it's it's still so interesting to me that they're not teaching that yet um, across the board, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's true, mate. And, you know, there's a big message in that in itself, isn't there, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was brought up in that in that lifestyle as you were. You went and outsourced stuff. You know, mum never probably asked questions. Um, yeah. Really, when we're out of rhythm, there's a reason for that. Let's look at the reason rather than uh, masking uh, the, the symptoms, you know, uh, because there's never really positive outcomes with that. And if you're... You know, you're too medicated, it's really knocking out your, your microbiome and, and your natural rhythms in your body and nature is always trying to heal us. It's its job to, to look after us. We've just got to actually mm. like surrender to nature sometimes and yeah. get back to what it's trying to teach us, you know. So really pay attention to the environment that you're in and start to change that environment that you're in because it can actually support you rather than work against you. And, um, yeah, I think there's some real key messages in that, mate, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well... That that was you know that's something that having the right environment um, is something that I think uh, I heard the other day. It's like making sure you you're able to create the right living environment for your own body. Mm. Basically, allows your body to thrive and survive in such a way that nothing um, can actually penetrate you in terms of like um, a disease or an illness or something like that because your body is basically living in this pure um, state of being so that nothing can actually affect you from the external. Mm, uh, and when you're not putting in the right um, the right fuel and the right water and the right sort of amount of sunlight and, um, you know, even exercise and, and breathing and all of those sort of things, like, you know, that's when we start to see those those um, ailments starting to happen, those diseases starting to happen. Um, and, you know, that for me is just a classic sign of we're not 
tuning into the natural environment enough, you know, the circadian rhythms even of the planet. Yes. Uh, and just even just tapping into that intuitive knowing um, of our being as well. And, and that is where, for example, the whole water journey started for me. It was, you know, doing that research, understanding it, switching to spring water. So I was getting spring water delivered, uh, realizing it was very expensive, um, and then realizing that after three days, as soon as you take it out of the spring, you, you've lost that pure uh, vortex sort of structure through the water. Mm. And then um, you're, and then it's sitting in 15-liter plastic bottles with the, um, even though they're BPA-free, it's still leaching uh, potential chemicals and potential microplastics into the water. Mm that then you're consuming and I was like well there's got to be another solution so I remember working on a property here on the Sunshine Coast where I was harvesting my own spring water fresh um, you know a couple times a week um, just to try and combat that sort of storage of the spring water um, because we had an art I had access to an artesian sp uh, spring mm. and um, that definitely made a big difference um, but I noticed as soon as I I wasn't drinking that water. I was, and I was drinking rainwater. My body was instantly not hydrated, mm. and um, and then I remember discovering recently um, something called electrolyzed reduced water, um, and that really is what sort of had broken the, the the sort of the floodgates open in terms of the whole water science for me and. Um, and now that's what I'm really mostly um, doing at the moment, in this present moment, is, is working with, you know, individuals, businesses, farmers um, especially, um, and using industrial grade uh, and medical grade in-house water ionisers to restructure the water to create a living water, um, again, so for people to consume, but then to also use in a whole um whole uh, other uh, heaps of other ways in terms of how you can use that water so amazing, yeah it's so, it's pretty amazing well yeah we'll talk about that a bit more in a tick but i'll give you my my example of it right like i'm on tank water here and um I, i've noticed a difference like coming from town out here because it's i'm sharing it and i feel better but but drinking it um like i'll i'll, I'll boil it and then, then when I uh, get up in the morning, I'll have it warm. And, and drinking warm water helps my body uh, process it a lot better. I, I do feel a lot better. Um, but I think I can probably feel better again if I actually start to tap into some of the things that you're, you're, you're talking about here because I think there's enough evidence to say that it actually works and it can, can really you know, shift things in you. What, what is it that you're... That you um that you're doing now. What what's what's the te the technology that you use to um to 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 electrolyze or is that what you said? Yeah, electrolyze. Yeah. Yeah. How how's it work? Yeah. Before I dive into that, uh, because you just touched on warm water. Yeah. Um, that was something that I I uh, I love to tell like like to say you know um if you if you talk to like a Chinese medicine or a Taoist tonic herbalist. Um, and you ask them what their favourite tonic herb will be mm. uh, or tonic will be, they will often always say warm water. Mm, by itself, yeah. By itself. Yep. And um, and that, that always blew me away and um, that just goes to show that warm water in the morning is if everybody can practice one thing and take away one thing from today, warm water in the morning, mm. of course, from like the, a clean source, 
is one of the most powerful tonics you can have every morning. Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, but, um, sorry, mate, I'll just interrupt quickly. Like, I do that and I have fresh ginger, organic ginger that I'll, um, I'll, I'll grade up sort of thing and I'll put in there as well so, too and that, that really helps. And I've sort of been following the cheese cycle more. So, you know, having that um, early morning yeah. practice, which I've had for years, um, you know, sort of uh, between in, – in Kundalini, we call it the ambrosial hours between 3 and 6, but um, now it's sort of between sort of maybe 4.35 and 7 for me, whereas, yeah. you know, you set up time for your day and you move your body quickly, you get the large intestine working and you get the body working mm-hmm. functionally, the breath and everything, and then – uh, when time comes to, to rehydrate, having that water with the um, with the ginger in it is really really nourishing. And, and you got to listen to your body. Actually, it will tell you what it likes and what it doesn't like. Our egos get in the road, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, tell us to do things which our body doesn't uh, doesn't always uh, agree with. But but yeah, like that's just been a bit of a shift for me. And um, uh, yeah, I need to be able to explore, you know, the the power of it all, you know, moving forward more. But yeah, you're right. For me, I feel best when I. Just drink warm water by itself without having any anything in it, uh, you know, sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. Even just a pinch of salt, you know, just to get some electrolytes in there as well is a good good thing to do. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, so the I think something that I I'll, – I'll dive into it now, um, but the, the thing is some people I'll, – I'll try and sort of bring it – start simple and then I can get into it as we go along, but – um, the technology that we're using, um, so the origin of this uh, was discovered about 50, 50 years ago um, through some scientists uh, who were sort of researching um, what happens when lightning strikes, like, strikes water. Mm. And what they discovered was this, what we call electrolysis, right? And they discovered this process when the lightning hit water, basically it created oxygen and hydrogen gas in the water. Basically charging it, and um, then they sort of took that idea, and then they made uh, like a water ionizer, and, and water ionizers um, now are being used in you know hydrogen, um, hydrogen gas, uh, like hydro-powered technology in dams and stuff in Norway and Sweden. So they've got massive um, water ionizers now in these dams. Um, so they go from pretty much like the machines we use in our homes all the way up to these huge hydrogen-powered uh, dams, you know. Mm. And um, it's pretty amazing. So it's, it's definitely been taken and sort of stretched to the limits, that's for sure. And um, so they took that idea of um, the, the lightning striking the water, put that into this water ionizer about 40, 48 years ago, and um, they have in these machines basically a very simple technology where the water... It's a machine that what I have at home. It just sits on my bench. Um, my bench top is hooked, on, hooked onto my tap and then plugged into power. And then basically it has uh, eight titanium platinum dip plates in there because those plates are important to create that electrical charge through like the power that it's plugged into. Um, and then when the water goes through the machine, what happens is that electrolysis process and the minerals in the water get split apart to create that oxygen and hydrogen gas mm. in the water. Mm. Um, and then that water that comes out that you're drinking is what we can, we call molecular hydrogen-rich drinking water or electrolyzed reduced water. And um, <clears throat> that is what is hydrating your body 
on a cellular level. So if you take that water and look under a microscope, it's got those, you've probably seen it, or if you've looked at Dr. Mazumoto's work, who's a Japanese uh, researcher, he, he showed the um, effects of frequency in the water um, and the snowflake crystal, crystalline structure. Mm. Uh, and basically, when you if you took that water from the machine and you put that under a microscope, it would be a perfect uh, crystalline snowflake structure. Mm-hmm. And um, that, on a cellular level, what's happening, um, that sort of molecular hydrogen is then able to break the blood-brain barrier. Um, and we, we say that two cups of the, um, the water that you drink every day is equivalent to um, two kilos of blueberries in terms of the amount of antioxidants that are actually in the water as well. And um, there's a there's a lot of research to back this up. It's 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 been used by um, thousands of doctors and peer reviewed. There've been peer reviewed papers like No Tomorrow written on this, and um, yeah, it, it's definitely something that I've when I dived into the rabbit hole of it, I was very blown away. So you know they'd been using it in the hospitals predominantly um, because the technology was um, invented in Japan in Okinawa. Um, which is where one of the blue zones is as well. Um, where I mean, if you haven't heard of blue zones, it's where the um, centarians live, which are the, a highly dense population of people over a hundred mm. mm. um, live, and and it's yeah, they in Okinawa, they um, near the facility where the machines are built. There's a small little village, um, and in that village, they they drink out of this um, freshwater spring every day. Um, but it's that's one of that spring is one of four um, medical grade hydrogen rich springs in the world. Mm. So when I, when people talk to me about the machine and they say, well, why can't we just drink spring water? And I said, well, spring water is fine and all, but unless you can get it fresh and living straight from the spring every day, um, or like charge it or something like that to restructure it, um, it's if you bottle it and it's been bottled for a couple of weeks, it's considered still considered dead water. And um, if you drink like two liters of it, I can say you'll probably feel very bloated and very heavy. Mm. But if you if you drink two liters of molecular hydrogen rich water or a liter at once, you know when you're thirsty and you just chug a punch, um, you won't have that feeling because it's a, it's being absorbed into your whole body. Mm. Mm. And um, yeah, so. Unless you live one next to one of those springs, I think yeah, it's definitely hard to sort of get access to to that sort of water in nature, you know. How long does it take for you if you started drinking that? How long does it take for you to notice a, a like a real difference? It, it's pretty much instant. Um, so within the first two weeks, you we there's like a natural detoxing process that happens um, because the 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 electrolytes reduced water. Um, is pulling out heavy metals and um, scavenging free radicals in the body, which are damaged cells. Mm. Um, and then your body is naturally starting to detox, especially because it is accessing, um, it's breaking that blood-brain barrier. If there's any heavy metals or toxins that are going up, up, like in your brain or anything like that, which there often is these days, mm. it can actually start to detox um, that. Um, your brain and and start to detox um, all of the um, the cells in your body and and just move things through your sweat glands and um, your detox pathway essentially. So you know you might experience um, headaches or maybe a bit of an upset stomach or 
you know, energy spikes sort of that go up and down. Um, and it's just because your body's starting to be hydrated on a cellular level. So mm. I remember when I first started drinking the water, it was, yeah, within that first sort of two weeks, um, it, it, or it pretty much, when, once I got the machine and I had it at home, I was starting to drink it, like, and I was drinking it just so much. It was like instantly within that first week, I was noticing a big effect in terms of, um, like, cellular energy, so ATP energy. Mm. Um, and just also just mental clarity. Um, I, mean, I wasn't, it wasn't initially, but I definitely felt, um, you know, within that first sort of month, um, my, the way I was feeling in terms of my mental health had actually changed as well. Mm. And I think it was because it had detoxed, um, a lot of issues that I was having with my liver and my gut. Mm. And, um, I was actually hydrated in those areas where I wasn't like previously getting hydration from even though I was drinking like fresh spring water yeah yeah amazing I was drinking well I was drinking cask water like two cask waters a week you know the pure water that's probably the best I could get but geez, yeah. I, I noticed it like you know it was average mate to be honest <laughs> so yeah it wasn't wasn't the best that's for sure yeah 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 well you know for me yeah like for me, it wasn't initially when I first learned about this, even though it was much like the water science in terms of the, the health benefits and everything that came with it. And then there's some of the research I looked, in, looked into in terms of like doctors and psychologists using it to treat things like um, Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's as well. And mm. even um, I've, we've, I've got a few uh, testimonials uh, from a few people I know now who um, have used it for different uh, cancers. Um, I, I knew an eight-year-old boy who was diagnosed with, um, like, basically most of his brain was full of brain tumours, mm. and he was diagnosed about eight. Mm. And uh, they switched to drinking electrolyzed reduced water, and um, by the time he was 10, which was when I met him, um, he and that, that had been on the water for about a year, um, because the doctors were saying, you know, he was not going to be walking again. Um, he wasn't going to be, you know, really, he was going to have a very um, short sort of lived life. And that's the only thing they really changed was the water. And um, I met him at 10 and, you know, he's walking, he's surfing, he's running, he's doing everything. And I was like, I was like, what did you do? And they just said, well, we just changed the water. Mm. And I, I'd already had the water myself at that time, but... That, that was something that almost, like, that shifted so much in me and, you know, it was such a big, like, um, sort of just sort of shock to me at the time. I was just like, wow, like, this is potent, you know, potent water, you know. Well, that's it. Uh, that's evidence, isn't it? Yeah, evidence. That's it. Yeah. Social proof, I like to call it. Yep, yep. Amazing. Mm. So, so, mate, we're going to run out of time soon, unfortunately, but... What 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 is this like? Like, I I know I I'm I'm pretty sure I know a bit about the machine and that that you use, but not a lot. But can you tell us a bit about it and, and how it works and 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 how to get it and that type of thing? Yeah. So basically, so like to to where do I sort of start? It's just sort of like the machine. Once you sort of see it, it's interesting. It just sort of sits on your bench. Um, and, and this is where I work with uh, individuals and businesses. And um, there's sort of two machines that I mostly um, use. There's a big industrial machine. So that's what we use for our farmers and businesses. 
Um, and this is something I haven't got into yet, but the strong acidic water and the strong alkalized water that does come out of the machine um, through the process of electrolysis uh, can actually be used to replace a lot of your household cleaning products. So it's like I don't buy any chemicals anymore, which is also adding to that collective environment as well um, of reducing the chemical exposure to our bodies. Um, so low-tox living is a big thing now that people, a lot of people are around that. Um, and then also uh, just as a, for farmers uh, and backyard growers and things, people like who are in that realm, um, this is where I was heavily, um, this is what made me purchase my machine was um, seeing the effects of the strong acidic water in re to replace the, um, the chemicals and the pesticides that you're normally using in normal agriculture practices, you can just replace it with the electrolyzed reduced water. Mm, mm. Um, and there's, there's been a little bit of research on that done now, but it's all a lot of it's US based. And, um, you know, so yesterday I just, I, I just signed up our first Queensland um, tomato farmer. And um, he, he's fully on board with um, this new approach to, growing tomatoes, you know, like a no chemical approach and just using the water for, you know, different fungal diseases and um, and replacing the pesticides and insecticides that he's using within his farm. Mm. So, you know, the machine itself, um, you know, it hooks up to your tap, plugs it in, you plug it into your power and then you have the ability to change the uh, the pH of the water. So that happens through electrolysis, as I've, as, as I've said. And um, to get one... Um, you can actually talk to me personally, and then I and I can actually um, supply that machine to anyone that is interested. Um, just because I am a distributor for that company in Japan, um, so people uh, you can have people people can like reach out to me um, in that sense uh, if they're interested in that. And uh, yeah, it's it, it is something just even on touching on that agricultural. Um, sort of side of thing that that is something that i'm i'm really excited about and that that is where my that is sort of like my main focus at the moment is is using electrolyzed reduced water in agriculture mm. um and like that's what my business is uh really starting to be evolved around mostly um as it can save um a lot of money for farmers um and a lot of time and also labor um, and make people's lives a lot easier too. Mate, um, just just quickly, like for people listening, like if you look at, if you've got a swimming pool, the pH in your pool, if it's acidic, it's going to not work well. If it's alkaline, it's going to work better. If you've got that balance, it's going to work optimally sort of thing. So it's the same with our bodies where our bodies yeah. are really acidic primarily, aren't we? Uh, you know, you look at most humans walking around the planet and probably 98% are probably in, a, in an acidic state and that's where the disease happens. Yeah, yeah, that's that is that's correct. So most of the time, you know, our bodies are acidic um, just in general, just because of the, the the chemicals that we're exposed to, the the food we're eating, you know, the seed oils, um, all the processed foods, a lot of that. And then when you start to detox and you start to, you know, eat cleaner and you eat, you have like good drinking water and things like that, your body starts to actually come back to a neutral sort of pH, yeah, um, or, or more of an alkalized pH, and that is where so any disease that comes into our body just from a modern science perspective um diseases can't thrive in an alkaline state yes 
So, but they, they, they thrive in an acidic state because they spread so much uh, quicker because our, basically our bodies are rotting, like they're deteriorating a lot quick, quicker. Yes, yep. Yeah. Agree. And that's the thing, mate, like this is where people can take their power back, you know. Um, if you're going into yeah. a hospital and you've got uh, a problem and you're getting fed the wrong food and you're getting the wrong water, your, your body's going to be acidic. It's very hard to, to be yeah. healthy when your body's in an acidic state, but get your body into an alkaline state and that disease can be re- reversed. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then that like food comes into that as well, of course, um, you know, making sure that the food that we're consuming as well is also ticking the boxes as well, you know, plus just what we're exposed to in terms of, you know, making sure we're getting sunlight and, mm-hmm. you know, um, oxygenating our body through breath work and exercise and, you know, um, you know, lifting weights and have, doing a bit of cardio here and there and, mm. and, and, you know, those sort of things. And then mindful mindfulness practices as well because if you can, if you do all those things in the physical body but you can, you still sit there and you consume the news and um, watch TV and consume all the propaganda that is out there, you know, it, you know, I feel like, it is junk, junk for the body and junk for the mind, you know? For sure. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of us have uh, consumed junk our whole lives, you know? So it's actually uh, making, uh, being brave enough to arrest that, you know, and start to say, well, I'm going to get back to some clean ways of, 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 of approaching my lifestyle very much like, like you have, you know, as a young man. You've been able to catch that out pretty early and it's not too late for anyone to... To, to do no. that, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're going to be in this body for another 10 or 15 or 20 years, why not live it like better than, than sort of just struggling? I think it's, um, yeah. it's more important. How, how can people get hold of you, mate, to look at the work you do and, and look at these machines and that sort of thing? Um, so, Phil, yeah, you, people can reach out through like my social media, um, which I'm sure we probably might put in the, uh, the show notes or something like that. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, so through through my social media, so it's um, AJ Alton um, one on Instagram, um, and then the the business account is um, RWR Restructured Water Regeneration. That's the business account. Is that a website? Um, that's a that's an Instagram page. Okay, right. Yeah, and um, then otherwise, you know, you can feel free to reach out by email as well, which is. Um, which is all on those Instagram pages. I, I don't have a website at the moment. That is coming, but that's a whole that's a whole project on its own. <laughs> what, what, what's your email address, mate? Uh, email address is AJ Olsen. With an E? Uh, yep, so O-L-S-E-N. Yep. And then 1111, so four ones. Yep. At protonmail.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, look... If people want to reach out and they can't get hold of you, get hold of me and I'll, I'll put them in touch with you. But I, yeah. I, I just think it's, it's really, really important, mate, um, you know, the conversation about it in many ways because, you know, there's probably certain aspects in our life which are letting us down, you know, if you can actually look at correcting those uh, those things. And I think, yeah, well, yeah. sport is probably a, a big part of that. Um, yeah. that, that'll actually help our, our physical and mental health. And, you know, this, yeah. this, this, this conversation is about empowering yeah. people to do that you know it's about empowering yeah. people like just to not outsource it take your take your power back um, yeah you know, well we're, we're you know nearly 80 percent water you know yeah that's it and and that that's the thing we we need to sort of sit think about is like we are the majority of us are all made out of water um 
you know, and like our we we literally need water to survive. Like you, we can't survive without it. Mm. And um, you know that sort of just goes to show. You know, if you can survive uh, a few weeks without food, but only a few days without water, well, that proves to me that water is one of probably the most important thing to start with um, in terms of um, fixing or not fixing, but you know, assist getting your body back into. Um, sort of a, a, a harmonized, balanced state where we're not um, dealing with diseases and ailments so much, and we can start to actually be feel hydrated and actually feel like we've got energy again to thrive and actually live our lives um, like normal. And that was always something I remember going through in my my personal health journey was like, I just want to feel alive. Yeah, that's it. And and water was what changed that for me and I was like since switching the water it was like wow that that one switch just made me feel so much more alive than every old eastern technique every herb I was taking mm. like that just simple act of water how many liters do you drink a day um pretty much anywhere between three to five liters just depends on my physical activity Jeez, yeah I don't I don't drink anywhere near that maybe one or two you know um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I do find I'm going to the toilet if I do that, you know. So I, I've got to got to limit it possibly. But um, but yeah, certainly like changing the way I drink water. Um, you know, I, I think I do it okay, but I could probably do it better. And the water quality, you know, will, will certainly have a have a have an impact. So I need to explore it a bit more. And um, you know, I have had um, some fleeting interest with this sort of stuff, and I haven't really pursued it. But I probably need to look more uh, deeply now, mate. But um, I'm really grateful for the chat. I'm sure we're going to have plenty more. Uh, we're going to have to do another podcast down the track. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah just uh, appreciate what you've done uh, in your 22 years so far, mate, and the best is well and truly yet to come. So, you know, um, keep doing what you're doing and, and, and trying to inspire and, and change lives because what you've, you've done and what you're doing works. So the more people you can reach, the better. So hopefully this podcast reaches far and wide and, you know, I encourage people listening to share it with other people too because um, that's important yeah. stuff. So I appreciate it, mate. Well, that's that's exactly that's exactly what I um, have been you know looking for is like to share this with information with people because you know it's important it's important that we we all know this we're not being taught this in school we're not being yeah. taught this as we we grow up and especially for people coming from a very um, sort of a, a closed um, mentality or you know, and they're just tapping into this new way of living. It's it's important to know about what we're putting in our bodies and what we're exposed to. And um, yeah, just just you know, same same back to you. I'm like so grateful for the the chat as well, brother. And it's been it's been a pleasure.